0: Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of September 9th through September 15th. Uh, We have uh, a gibbous moon phase that we're working through this week, working up to the full moon uh, at 21 degrees Pisces. So that's going to be something we're going to discuss as we move forward. We have two planetary ingresses this week, including Mercury and Venus moving into Libra, respectively. Uh, That's going to be happening at the end of the week, uh, around Saturday or so. And uh, we've got uh, a number of aspects. We've got a number of Mars, you know, Mars aspects, Mercury aspects, Sun aspects. With this huge pileup that we have in Virgo, Um, it's making a square to Jupiter. All those planets are making a square to Jupiter and an opposition to Neptune. So it's this kind of uh, mutable T-square that we've got going on here. Uh, which is kind of pulling us in a lot of different directions and, and really Requiring us to be very flexible um, So that's what we'll get into today. We've got a couple tarot cards to do as well uh, If you are enjoying these videos uh, and you want to help me to create more uh, and support the the video blogs There's a link at the bottom of this video here to a, a Venmo account where you can leave a tip or PayPal me if that's something that you prefer um, that will help me continue to to make the videos and make quality content for you. Um, also, have a link to my class that is starting on September 23rd, domiciles and deities, where we're doing some interactive uh, role-playing games to learn traditional astrology. If you're local in the in the Michigan area, so check that out. And um, yeah, let's dive into it. Um, so, hope you all are doing well. Uh, we've been kind of getting the getting Virgoed here of uh, the last. Week or two, and uh, hopefully it's helped you get down to business and helped you to um, start weeding out uh, what stays and what goes. Um, I hope that it is helping you to, you know, acquire the necessary resources and skills that you need to prepare for the the fall and the winter seasons. Um, this is a, a very preparatory type of of phase where we transition from the end of summer into the beginning of fall. So lots of things in flux right now. There's just a lot of changes happening, especially with all the kids going to school, uh, learning new schedules, new routines, things of that nature. And we're going to be continuing in on that this week as we move forward into this full moon where we're going to be kind of having a peak of that energy where we're trying to balance out some of the schedules, some of the practical considerations with how it all fits into the grander scheme. I mean, that's really been... The theme for the end of August and the beginning of September here is trying to figure out how all of this, all this new information and all these new skills and all these new um, responsibilities that we have are going to fit into the bigger picture of our life. And sometimes that's going to create some confusion, especially with Neptune playing part in the the cosmic, um, I don't know, play. (laughs) So uh, yeah, if you're feeling a little bit, you know, confused, if you're feeling a little bit foggy, um, that's going to be normal with this period. And hopefully we're going to be able to cut through some of that heavier fog and and find ways to practically implement um, the parts of the plan that need to be manifested physically. You know, of course, Virgo is, a, is an earth sign. So we're really trying to ground this energy and, and make it something that uh, is practical and uh, useful. So think about that this week as we go forward. Um, let's, let's dive into our essential dignities report that we do at the beginning of each video. Uh, really, it's kind of a fun feature, kind of telling you the, the conditions of each planet uh, as we move forward through the week. That really has a, uh, makes a big difference in how we're going to experience that, that planet for the week is what sign it's in. Uh, what kind of dignities it has, uh, whether that's through domicile exaltation, or if it's in its exile or its fall, if it's not in a <clears throat> a sign that it's as comfortable in. We talk about the bound rulers, which are related to uh, from what I've learned through the nature of, of Saturn is the kind of like theory that is being kicked around. So it's kind of who sets the, who sets the curriculum for the planet and what kind of Etiquette it needs to have to, to function at its best. Uh, we have a triplicity ruler, which is like the the nature of Jupiter, which is kind of the when it has the wind in its sails, so to speak. Uh, it's kind of how we are creating forward momentum with with a planet and sometimes when it's in its own triplicity, it has an extra boost of, of positive forward momentum or, or forward energy or, or the wind in its sails, so to speak, because we're working with um, ship metaphors and sailing and sea metaphors from from the ancient astrology Uh, so that's what we're working with and when we're talking about all these terms i know sometimes i blast through these videos with you know and assume that that everybody kind of knows what i'm talking about (laughs) but but i promise you uh i will try to explain it and make it as accessible as i possibly can uh, while at the same time being efficient with your time Uh, i think that's part of the reason i tend to go a little quickly sometimes as I, I try to keep these videos to uh, an hour and change rather than an hour and 40 minutes, and those were getting a little bit too long. Um, so let's dive into it here. Uh, the sun right now is in the moving into the third face or decan of Virgo, and each sign is broken up into three 10-degree sections that have a little bit of a different vibe to it. Um, the sun doesn't have any dignity in the third decan of Virgo. It, it has a condition called being peregrine. Uh, whenever a planet doesn't have any dignities, either by exaltation, face, domicile, uh, it's thought to be a wandering planet that is uh, kind of a stranger in a strange land, and it does not it's kind of aimless. So our solar qualities may have a little bit of an aimless nature, Our ability to take authority and and to issue commands maybe a little bit uh, restless and aimless uh, at this point in the in the you know in the solar year Uh, but there's other things that are mitigating that there are other planets that are kind of lending a hand Um, the good thing about the Sun right now is it's its host Mercury is in very good shape so it is being provided for with resources by mercury to to get things done so while it may not have a lot of dignity on its own it is being provided for by a a nice mercury that is very functional at this point Um, jupiter is in its own domicile of sagittarius and also has triplicity dignity um, in the evening the triplicity rulers uh, have either a daytime or a nighttime ruler and then there are some authors that, that assign a third ruler to it, which is called the cooperating ruler. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to Mars. Um, I got some nice feedback last week about um, Mars, and I said it was peregrine, um, but it does have a, a cooperating triplicity ruler, um, which is, you know, another small dignity that may, may make it not, as wandering I'm not exactly sure how to use the cooperating ruler as much from my understanding the cooperating triplicity rulers were part of like either timing techniques or finding topical uh, rulers of, of houses um, in a very esoteric kind of triplicity way uh, in the in the ancient system they were breaking up different specific house topics Uh, into different rulerships based on the triplicity. So like, for example, like in the third house, uh, siblings uh, or the elder sibling could be represented by one of the triplicity rulers. Uh, There could be topics associated with messages associated with, you know, the nighttime ruler or something like that. Uh, And I'm not, I'm not giving you the, the accurate specifics with that, but that's the general idea of it. And then the cooperating ruler could represent something, something else in the third house topic, Um, There's a very good uh, podcast with Rob Hand, um, and also Jen's Art has some stuff on this that's very good. So if you wanted to look up uh, Rob Hand's um, podcast with Chris Brennan and the Astrology Podcast, you can find out more information on that, and also Jen's Art has a lecture that she did on this um, at UAC that you can probably find on her website so that's that's another way to kind of get involved with triplicity rulers a little more um okay so jupiter has domicile by day triplicity by night so jupiter is still very strong uh saturn is retrograde it is in its own domicile of capricorn um so it does have a lot of strength but it's a little bit weakened by that retrograde motion so we, you know, it's it's able to function fairly well by sign, but it is asking us to review some of the things that we're trying to implement in the Capricorn area of our life, and there may be some uh, backtracking that happens with that area of our life. Um, that that may be maybe a little bit frustrating. We may be trying to restructure our life in a certain way, uh, but it may not be moving forward as quickly as, as we want it to. And there may be some pieces of the puzzle that need to be reviewed before we can really take the next step in the in becoming the responsible type of person that we need to be in that particular area. Uh, Mercury is in the third decan of Virgo. Uh, it has rulership by domicile, which means it's in its own temple that it hosts or stewards or rules. Uh, it has this is a, a unique feature of Mercury. It also has its exaltation in, in Virgo. Um, so there's like a double whammy there, and exaltation is kind of like um, it's being honored. It's, it's a place of, uh, you know, renown, where it's at the top of the wheel of fortune. Um, so it, it is, has the ability to have access to its own resources, and it may also be in a place of honor uh, using those resources. Uh, it also has dignity by face or decadent in the third in of virgo which we are seeing things move through now um so it also has some some access to a little bit of an extra boost um faces were considered oh like i've heard them described as masks that the sign takes on uh sort of an appearance of a sign so it, it could also be a role that the that this planet is playing like an actor's role so Mercury may be playing a role that it's, it's well-suited towards at this point. Um, so think about it in that nature. As Mercury moves into Libra, it is going to lose some dignity. It's going to move out of domicile and exaltation and face, but it is going to be uh, having triplicity in the nighttime. So Mercury is the nocturnal triplicity ruler of the air signs. So that's something that we're going to be able to still work with. Um, And it's going to be on its own terms from 6 degrees to 14 degrees Libra. So Mercury is going to set the curriculum in the the second little bound of Libra. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, Not as strong of a Mercury, but more of a a social Mercury, more of a Mercury that is concerned with balance, fairness, justice, uh, perfection of form. Even though we tend to associate perfectionism with Virgo, um, one of the things that I've learned through my teachings and learnings and classwork with Adam Ellenboss and nightlight astrology was that sometimes the air signs may be more more the perfectionists, because they are working within um, the forms of things rather than within the practical earthy uh, you know ramifications of those forms. There may be an idealization that comes, especially with Libra that's trying to find balance and perfection of form. So I think that we may find an even uh, more challenging perfectionism within Libra because it's a perfection that may not necessarily be able to be attained uh, on the, the physical realm. So we may feel some frustration with that as Mercury changes signs at the end of the week. Venus is uh, moving th- toward through the last uh, degrees of Virgo where it does have its fall. Or it's depression. So it's sort of on the, the lower end of the totem pole right now. It's not able to, to do Venusian things in the way that is most comfortable for it. Um, we may be forcing things a little bit, and Venus matters. And remember, Venus is all about letting things come to you. So we don't want to get too uh, anxiety ridden about what we're attracting at this point with Venus moving through those final degrees of Virgo. Uh, it may be making things a little tense in our relationships where we may be becoming a little bit critical, and we may have a hyper-awareness of the flaws in our relationships and in Venus-related matters, and that can create some tension sometimes. Uh, it does have triplicity in the daytime. Venus is the daytime triplicity ruler of the Earth signs. Uh, all the triplicities are related elementally with, like, fire, earth, water, and air. Um, <clears throat> So that's an easy way to remember those on some level as well. Uh, we have good news regarding Venus, though. On Saturday, Venus is going to be moving into Libra, which is its own domicile and its own temple. So Venus is going to get a boost at the end of the week, and Venusian things, uh, or venereal things, uh, I guess that's another way to describe Venus that sounds a little more fraught with peril, um, since it's with its connotations that we have with diseases, I guess. Uh, but that is a, a fairly accurate uh, Venus descriptive word. Uh, but those types of things are going to be supported towards the end of the week. Um, Venus wants to create balance, harmony, uh, equality, fairness. It's it's concerned with decorum, uh, with, uh, you know, communicating in a way that creates unity. And all of that gets a boost within the sign of Libra, we get a boost to our ability to create win-win situations. Um, We are able to have a little bit more, I would say, compassion and empathy for someone else's viewpoint through the sign of Libra. And that's something where Venus is really going to thrive through that, where we can kind of see things through someone else's perspective and try to take another person's opinion into account so that when we are trying to create that harmony it's not just going to be from our own selfish viewpoint it's going to be from a viewpoint that is balanced throughout uh, with our viewpoint and someone else's and that's that's really the way to create harmony is to really be able to to listen to the other point of view a little bit better and that's going to be supported when we have that venus and libra so good maybe a good time to get a haircut to or to you know revamp your your beauty routine because uh Venus is gonna be a little happier in that sign. I know I always wait to get my hair cut when Venus is either in a domiciled sign or exaltation. Um, I think I got my last haircut when when uh Venus was in Pisces. I, I do it every few months or so since I let it grow out a little bit. Maybe I'll have to schedule another one with my uh my little uh friend who I have a uh, who is my good stylist. Just give her a shout out, Juliana. You're you're very good. Uh, we do we do a little trade sometimes, some astrology for some some hair hair stuff. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we well, always like to barter here with our skill set. Uh, so I may have to. Oh, you may be getting call from me soon. Um, okay, moving along. Sorry for that digression. Uh, Mars is still in the uh, sign of Virgo, and. It is combust. So it is, is very close to the sun right now, which can make its significations either hidden or ha- having difficulty manifesting. It's getting burned up by being in the heart of the sun. We are going to see the the, uh, the sun uh, Mars move a little bit away from um, an adherence with the sun towards the middle of the week uh, when it moves out of a three degree range. So it might be gaining a little bit of steam, even though it's still technically under the beams, it may not be as uh, as difficult to manifest some martial things as it starts to separate away from the sun, and that's going to go in kind of like stages. You know, when it when it first becomes Kazemi or in the heart, it gets a boost, it gets a um, uh, really a renewal of energy, and it, it's getting burned. All the crap is getting burned off of it, so it can be renewed again in the furnace if you saw my last picture that i posted you could see like a little kind of like um you know what was it some molten metal that was being poured into different containers burning away the the uh the dross and you know creating something new and that's a little bit of a metaphor for those kazemi placements and now that we've gotten the new burst of energy it's it's a little bit like um i love this metaphor i keep using it but it's worth stating again it's like the butterfly coming out of the cocoon but the wings are still wet so it's it's having some difficulty it's not going to fly yet right we have a, a new form but we have to wait for the form to solidify the wings to dry before we can really take off so that's something we're still experiencing with our mars energy um Mars has a, a cooperating triplicity ruler that I talked about earlier in the video. So it has, a, I guess you could consider that a, a dignity, but I'm not exactly sure how to use that in a day to day function versus more of an examination of your natal placement function. Um, the moon is going to be moving through the signs of Aquarius, Pisces, and and Aries, respectively. Um Not a ton of dignity for the moon this week, although it will have dignity by Deccan in the third decan of uh, Aquarius, uh, and then it will be one of the cooperating triplicity rulers in the sign of Pisces. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't have any dignity in Aries, so sorry. Uh not not the best lunar <laughs> not the best lunar week. Also, a thing to think about with the moon this week too is that uh, there is a condition called coming under the bond when the moon either comes within 15 degrees of either side of a conjunction or an opposition. And because we have a full moon this week, we're going to be seeing the moon coming under the bond in opposition. Uh, so I'll talk about that when we go through the daily aspects, but that's something where the, the moon is weakened by being uh, within the rays of the sun. And that, so that's maybe something to, to think about Um, lunar things may not be this may not be the greatest lunar week we may see some of the fruition of some of the karma that started at the new moon um, but we may not be feeling our most nurturing we may not be feeling our most comfortable with uh, the lunar significations being kind of lit up by the Sun it's kind of like feeling exposed there's an exposed quality to a, a full moon that can leave us feeling a little bit uncomfortable it's also a type a type of energy where we're getting feedback from our environment. It's almost like a progress report on on you know how we've been initiating the the new assignment, how we've been uh, putting out the energy in the in the practical realm, and we're getting a little bit of a, some feedback from the universe as to you know adjustments that we need to make this week and how it's going to flower out in the world, how it's really going to take form. Because remember that seed when we plant that seed. Uh, it, it germinates underground, and then we start to see it come above ground in small stages. And we're going to see a flowering this week of that that little seed that we planted at the beginning of the new the new moon in Virgo. And sometimes the flower is healthy, and it blooms and it's beautiful. Other times it may have some flaws. Other times it may get uh, some damage by insects or parasites or pests. So we're going to have to figure out um, what kind of flowering we have this this week. And, you know, hopefully we can make some adjustments so that the bloom comes out pretty, pretty well formed and with, with a, a, the least amount of damage, I guess. That's what, that's what we're going to do with our gibbous phase here. Um, a couple tarot cards we're going to talk about today is the... Ten of Pentacles, which is associated with the Third Decan of Virgo, and the Two of Swords, which is associated with the First Decan of Libra. And I'm going to get to those in the middle of our video uh, as we talk about the planetary ingresses. So let's get into
1: it. All right, I'm going to share my screen. Bear with me for a second here. Okay,
0: here we see Monday, September 9th um, on our screen. We can see we've still got this giant Virgo stellium, three or more planets in the same sign is uh, called a stellium. Some only consider it four or more, but we've met both conditions here. <laughs> so, uh, And we can see that this is making this opposition to Neptune, right? and it's making this square to Jupiter. And this is a T-square. When we have uh, three planetary positions within the same mode, uh, we're gonna see uh, a square, a T-square like this, see, it's like a little T-shape. And this is really pulling us in a lot of different directions. This is asking us to pay attention to the details. This is asking us to take action on our dreams. Uh, this is asking us to, this is maybe pulling us towards an illusion, potentially. Um, and in mutable signs, all, all the mutable signs were associated with transitions between seasons. So there's a lot of movement. We're going to see a lot of um, adjustments that need to be made to how we're putting our energy out there. We also have a supportive sextile from Saturn and Pluto. And in this, monday the moon to all of these uh, placements so this is really a part of the story as well Um, this is a beneficial aspect to both neptune and uh, all of these virgo planets from saturn and pluto on the south node which is requiring us to be very realistic and to let go of the things that aren't serving us um, and to create you know a deep transformation in that area of our life um and really, I said that I've said this before, but almost every planet in the chart, if not every planet, I mean if we even if we include the three outers here, we've got a trine from Uranus. Everybody's involved in the scene, basically. Sometimes there's uh planets that aren't really making a ton of aspects uh to to each other, but r- right now we've got planets that are basically all communicating with one another. With, I guess with the exception of Uranus and, and Jupiter, uh, which are in aversion. But that's kind of rare to see everything kind of having a, uh, a conversation or a part in the conversation. Um, so just a lot of, a lot of noise. Um, one of the things I've been noticing excuse me, as I've been doing these videos the last two weeks, and from talking with other astrologers and observing some of the content they've been putting out too, every, every astrologer is like, "Whoa!" There is a lot going on right now. I've got a lot of ground to cover. Um, and it's because of all these planets are, are all making these different aspects all at the same time. So what, what I would say on a grander scheme with that is if you're feeling overwhelmed, um, you're not alone. And uh, it is going to start, I think, alleviating as we move into Libra season. Uh, when planets start leaving the sign of Virgo and moving into Libra, it's not going to get, I I wouldn't say it's going to get easier necessarily um, because as planets start ingressing into Libra, they're going to start squaring um, all this Capricorn uh, grinder stuff here. And that's going to be a challenge, okay? Um, But it may not be this like, as scattered of an energetic principle as we're uh, experiencing now. So, relax if you can. Um, get help if you are able to. <laughs> I'm imagining that Michael Jordan little meme, if you've seen it. It's like, stop, get some help. <laughs> like check it out. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's pretty funny. I think it was a PSA from the 80s. I'm um, like, I don't know, drugs or something. Um, but uh, yeah, it's okay to reach out for some assistance if you're feeling overwhelmed. You don't have to do everything yourself all the time. And that is actually gonna be uh, even more highlighted as things move into Libra, where you may just not even be able to achieve all that you could achieve if you didn't cooperate or, or team up with somebody. Um, so that's something we're gonna be moving forward towards as well. Okay, so I'm gonna clear my drawings here. So Monday, the moon is starting out in a gibbous phase, which is 135 degrees to uh, 180 degrees ahead of the sun. You can see that's this relationship, sorry, right here, which is the beginning of that gibbous phase. And the gibbous phase of the moon is the phase before the full moon, where we're evaluating all of the, the changes that we were forced to make at the first quarter moon at the crisis point. Um, we're analyzing the systems that we're, we're getting everything prepared for the unveiling, right? It's kind of like you've got a big party or you've got a big event or you've got uh, a, a gig or something and you're practicing and you're refining, you're getting your set list together, um, you're making sure that there's enough silverware for everyone um, if you're having a party or something or that the will have napkins match or whatnot. And uh, yeah, and that's going to help you be prepared for when you unveil whatever it is you've been working on. Um, so that's that's really the first part of our week through, you know, Monday through, through Thursday, okay? That's what we're going to be, the kind of energy we're going to be feeling. Um, so the adjustment energy is very strong at the beginning of this week. One of the aspects that we're going to be experiencing, excuse me, I have a little bit of a... A cold, so apologize for that. I think everybody's getting a little sick. <laughs> like, there's been a lot of work to do, right? Sometimes you don't sleep as well. Um, you can see that we have a trine on Monday between Mars in Virgo and Saturn in Capricorn. So this may be really uh, helping us to focus and have more discipline in the way that we make our preparations. Um, Mars is the planet of action, Saturn is the planet of discipline and limitations, so we may be able to take action within our limitations and uh, be able to put in the hard work necessary to to really get our project off the ground. Um, I would say within the earth science, this is a good time to really just um, focus on productivity. This is not necessarily the idea phase of your project, this is the, hey, it's time for the rubber to meet the road. Um, it's time for you to really start manifesting into form, um, whether that means just getting, getting to the, you know, you've got the to-do list, you've got the plan. Okay, it's time to go buy the supplies. It's time to really, you know, keep working on your craft. Um, it's time to take action on the plan. Um, you've done the planning. Um, I know that sometimes we can get really overwhelmed with planning and planning and planning, uh, but there comes a point where we just have to do something. And if we make a mistake, that's fine. That's just feedback that we'll get for making an adjustment for the next time. So that's one thing I want to to point out is it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, You just have to get something out there so that you can um, get the feedback necessary at the full moon, and then you will be able to make adjustments and and continue to refine uh, the expression of whatever it is that you're trying to produce. So that's going to be Monday. Uh, around very early in the morning on the east coast like midnight a little after midnight Um, so we're going to be feeling that lead up really on sunday too i mean i'm recording this today on uh, saturday morning Um, so if you're still viewing this sunday you might be feeling this energy Uh, and then the only other aspect of monday is is the moon is going to be making a trine uh, to venus so you can see venus at 23 degrees and the moon at it's going to be, well, it's past it here, but that's going to be around 4.30 a.m. on Monday. Uh, and then we don't have a ton of aspects for the rest of the day. So we're just going to be, you know, wallowing in this, like, T-square energy that is, you know, happening by by whole sign, right? Um, okay. As we move into Tuesday, let's talk about the uh, opposition between the Sun and Neptune because that's going to perfect on Tuesday. Okay, so you could see now the Sun's at 17 degrees Virgo and Neptune is at 17 degrees Pisces, and that is uh, called a perfection when the aspect becomes exact, and those oppositions are the nature of Saturn. So there's some sort of Wall or boundary or something. It's it's not a it's not always a, a, a pleasant conversation when we have planets uh, in opposition to one another. They're working a little bit at cross purposes. The interesting thing about the opposition axis is a lot of the times there is a similarity of purpose, but these two signs are coming at it from a completely different perspective. Um, so with Virgo and Pisces, there's definitely a um, Change that is trying to be uh, manifested. Uh, there is a preparation phase, right? Uh, and the Virgo time of year in the Northern Hemisphere is preparation for the winter. It's the harvest. It's paying attention to the details so that you can store things away and get ready for, you know, consolidating things. Um, it's all. It's there's a, con, a really strong consolidation energy to Virgo. Whereas Pisces is the preparation for the spring. So the, a Pi, the Pisces energy is a, is a, a loosening of, of all the, uh, the hardness and the, the kind of grip of winter. If you're familiar with Pisces season around the northern hemisphere, it's a mucky season where everything starts to melt, all the ice melts. Everything is this primordial soup. Uh, that is beginning to fertilize the ground with its wetness so that new things can can grow when the sun returns to the uh, the equinox right the the spring equinox where the the light starts to become stronger than the night uh, and uh, moving towards spring in a, in a period of growth so those are the types of things that we're really trying to balance this consolidation energy versus this dissolving. Type of uh, experience, this kind of like uh, mushy, um, I don't know. It's like puddles, (laughs) and if there's, it's just a mess in Pisces season. And but it's a beautiful mess, okay? There's there's like a a mess where it's it's an awakening, really, and and it's a it's something where we're very uh, the dream is internal and the, it's a Jupiter-ruled sign, but it's nocturnal Jupiter, and it's a journey that we're going through in our internal mind, right? It's our imagination. I really like to think of Pisces as, a, as the imagination and going on some sort of pilgrimage within the mind, whereas Virgo is very, very attached to the very physical. Um, it's, it's very much about paying attention to the physical details, not necessarily the spiritual details, although you could see that one of the things that's being asked to be balanced is is how do the physical details match up with the physical, I'm sorry, with the spiritual details, right? With the vision, with the grander picture, where everything is blending together. That's, that's the other dichotomy that we're working with. Pisces blends things together. Everything is just, it's this like goop, <laughs> like, whereas Virgo is like, nope. I'm gonna s- separate things out into categories. This goes with this. This goes with this. Uh, I have a Virgo sister, and um, when we were growing up, uh, she didn't want any of the food to touch each other. <laughs> so, it's like, so you, we didn't want to eat anything that was uh, that had been mixed together. <laughs> so, and I'm sure that as she's grown older, grown older, that maybe that's been mitigated a little bit. But that was kind of a uh, a little quirk that she had growing up. And uh, it just is a very good example. Sorry sorry, uh, for <laughs> pointing that out if you're ever watching this. Uh, probably not, she's too busy saving the world. And um, she's a nurse, so she's probably working late. So very Virgo profession, right? Um, but anyway, um, that's just an example of, of how Virgo wants things to separate out into categories. So that may be something that you're experiencing with this, this sun-Neptune opposition. Uh, Neptune also is a planet of self-deception, of, uh, you know, a lack of, uh, maybe a lack of direction that we may be feeling, lack of purpose. Uh, we we may feel a little bit of a weakened vitality with an opposition of Neptune to the sun, the sun associated with sort of our vital essence. Um, it has a A dissolving quality to it in general, um, and a little bit of a confusing quality. It's like the fog Neptune is, right? Um, So, I've been watching a lot of the new Dark Crystal series on Netflix. You should check it out. It's really, actually, really good. And uh, you can maybe think of this Saturn, I'm sorry, the Sun Neptune opposition as you're a gelfling that's been, you know, put into the chair and the crystals sucking out your vital essence, right? Which is kind of scary. Uh, I was old. I'm old enough to have experienced the original movie as a child and it scared the crap out of me. Um, being a sensitive kid seeing, uh, and being vulnerable, I guess, to, uh, suggestion. Um, but yeah, if you feel like your vital essence is being sucked out a little bit, like, uh, you may have to tap into your Jupiterian heroic nature to Really like take some action and get yourself out of the chair and you know repair the the crystal with the shard or whatnot. I won't give out way too many spoilers. I hope um, anyway. Go check out Dark Crystal. Um, so that's Sun opposite Neptune. Uh, the other aspect of the day is the Moon is squaring Uranus. Let me clear all this junk. Um, so we can see our our Ne our uh, Aquarian Moon here, making a square with a retrograde uh, Uranus, and maybe something unexpected coming up again it's triggering that that need to to um, break down some of the old structures in the Taurus area of our life um, of how we use our resources and this may be a little bit of a conflict on how your resources are associated with um, the the greater uh, communities that you're a part of as the moon moves through aquarius sometimes when we have an aquarian moon we're going to be able to be thinking about in a very objective way because this is a, a house of saturn and saturn was the uh the most distant planet in the visible original 7 so you know saturn is hovering above everything and seeing how it fits into the grand picture And this may be something where we're hovering over how we are using these resources. And there may be a little bit of conflict about how we are exerting our uh, Taurus qualities within our greater communities. So watch out for that on Tuesday um, as we move forward. On Wednesday, Wednesday, we still have an Aquarius moon. I'm sure that by that period, the moon may start to be moving through uh, that last face. Let's see here. On Wednesday, yeah, it's going to be moving into the third face or decan of Aquarius, which where it gains a little bit of dignity. So that this may be your one opportunity to do some decent uh, moon stuff. Although, I will say, now that we are at Wednesday, okay, we're going to start to see uh, the moon going under the bond so here we have this opposition right 18 degrees of virgo and here we have
1: um, the moon is gonna start to come let's see if are we in wednesday yeah let's see as we move forward on wednesday check out that
0: moon it moves pretty quickly okay And it's going to be coming within 15 degrees, okay? This isn't Thursday here, but very late Wednesday. Um, You can see that there is 19 degrees of Virgo and uh, five degrees left of Aquarius here. So, actually, that's Thursday. I'm sorry. So that may not happen until a little bit on Thursday within that 15 degrees. Never mind. (laughs) But We'll talk about that when we get to Thursday. On Wednesday, though, we have the moon sextiling Jupiter very early in the morning. Um, So you'll get a little bit of a a boost, possibly, of of optimism as the moon makes positive contact with the greater benefic of Jupiter. Um, Mars is going to start to break its colasis or its adherence. Okay. Remember I talked about that at the beginning of the video? Um, it's going outside of that three-degree adherence. Okay. So Mars things may start to pick up just a little bit. They're not going to be super strong yet because they are still under the beams of the sun, which is 15 degrees, extends out to 15 degrees. There's kind of different layers of this. There's a three-degree uh, adherence where they're kind of bonded together Then some authors say there's like eight and a half degrees of combustion, right? And then there's this 15 degrees of being under the beams. You know, this is kind of like, you know, when you are, if there's an intensity type of uh, aspect to this, where it may be very intense around the three degrees, it may start to lessen around the eight and a half degree section. And then... You know, start to really move forward as we get outside of that 15 degree thing. The 15 degree thing is is important because that's when the planet actually becomes visible again. Um, it's still very hidden right now under the beams of the sun. Uh, another thing that that combust Mars can do is it just heats everything up. Um, if you if you're struggling with temper or with taking impulsive actions, that could be uh, something that that could manifest with Mars. Uh, and the sun together there. Um, both of those planets are associated with the hot and dry quality in traditional astrology, so that may be creating separation, uh, but also some impulsivity. I think is is something else to to keep in in an eye out for. Okay, as we move to Thursday,
1: so we move to Thursday. Okay, on Thursday.
0: We have uh Mars making a square to Jupiter, and the themes you know this is a, something where we're talking about the same thing over and over again because all these planets <laughs> are just all making contact with Jupiter and Neptune, right so this is also where Mars is taking its turn in this t square perfection here um, this may be a, a point in time where you uh, get a little bit uh, overzealous, (laughs) I think. Uh, You may be wanting to take these actions. Uh, You may be wanting to take a bold action. There may be uh, some qualities of maybe self-aggrandizement, maybe glorifying the self a little bit with Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter can really expand things. Um, Maybe we get real been out of shape about a particular detail, right? If Jupiter is, is, is expanding things and Mars is right now very focused on the, the up close, maybe we're blowing that out of proportion and there's a conflict with that square around um, a procedure that, that we are very attached to, and we may have to make some adjustments with that. Um, one of the books that I like to reference, um, The Archetypal Universe by Ren Butler talks about... Uh, this aspect with Mars and Jupiter can be a might makes right type of uh, experience. Um, so be very careful of that as you and try not to get too attached to the methodology. Um, I would say that Jupiter is stronger right now. So I, I think it's more important to align yourself with uh, the bigger picture, even though you're going to have to, yes work through some of the practical details don't let the practical details stop you from manifesting the bigger picture and it's okay to let a, a sacred cow go right let a cherished idea go if it doesn't fit within to the great, the greater picture this is something i taught in my songwriting classes when i uh, as when i teach my i teach um college songwriting and um Sometimes you have a, a line that's an amazing line in a song, um, but it doesn't fit within the the greater essence of the tune, and you have to be willing to let go of it for the for the for the song. This is something that in music, really is is it can be a problem. You'll have different people working together on a piece, and each of them wants to shine, and. This is when you get these like really disconjoined jam band type of things. Maybe there's some jam bands where everything's working together, but think of it as a really bad jam band where just one person is just like soloing forever and the other people are just waiting for them to like stop. (laughs) It's just like very like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, masturbatory musicianship. Um, so don't be that guy (laughs) this week. Uh, you know sometimes you we need to to let go of something so it just fits within some of the best musicians are ones that play something simple because it fits within the the greater composition of the song. so I want you to think about does do all do the details that you're trying to um, put forth do they move the song forward uh, are they are they helping you unify the song or are they just something that you like that that is you're getting fixated on and that that may become. A real issue on Thursday, the 12th. Um, that, that aspect perfects very early in the morning in, on the East Coast, so we may be feeling this leading up to Wednesday night through Thursday morning. Um, the other aspect that we have that day is the moon is sextiling, uh, it's going to be making a sextile with Uranus. So that tension that we felt when the moon was in um, Aquarius with a fixed sign. Uh, now we're going to have a, 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 a very mutable moon in Jupiter's sign, okay? Pisces is the nocturnal uh, temple of Jupiter. And now it's going to be making a harmonious aspect with, with Uranus here, the, the sextile, which is of the nature, I don't know why I drew that little thing there, but um, of Venus, Okay, so there may be some sort of thing in your, some supportive energy, where you might get a little bit of a boost on creating that new structure in your life. Think of this as the marriage of of the the fertile earth, and some water, right? So we've got like we're creating the conditions for growth with this combination, whereas before we were trying to work within two elements that didn't really really get along with each other. There wasn't really a, a great connection with them. Now we have these two elements that want to work together to support one another. So that may be something we're experiencing a little bit more on Thursday. Um, another thing to consider with this Mars-Jupiter uh, opposition, I'm sorry, square, Ju- Mars-Jupiter square, we're experiencing that day. Mars is in the overcoming position to jupiter now this is another vocabulary term that we should explain overcoming so what does that mean from this perspective from the center when a planet is on the right side okay so this is considered the right from the perspective of the center this is the left side
1: okay this planet is in the superior position. okay. And when the planet is in the superior position, it is
0: more powerful. It kind of takes precedence according to the the tradition. So Mars is a little bit more um, powerful here and and it kind of has the upper hand in this argument, which is unfortunate because Jupiter is really trying to Achieve something really great in Sagittarius. But uh, yeah, be, be pretty careful about how, you, how attached you get to those details. A couple of things I heard from various astrologers, two different opinions. One was that Mars is weakened by being in uh, combust of the sun. And one astrologer was not super worried about that. Another was like, well, this is going to be uh, happening behind the scenes. So two different opinions on that, and I'll let you make a determination on what, what you think would be happening. Examine your own life for how that's going to work out. Um, but the possibility for conflicts behind the scenes, uh, I think, does exist, um, and it may be related to a detail that we may be very attached to. Okay. So that is overcoming.
1: All right. All right
0: as we move into friday the 13th dun, dun, dun.
1: um i'm going to stop my share for a minute because on friday the 13th the sun as you can see right here has moved into the third decan
0: of virgo okay and let's talk about the card associated with the third in of Virgo. This is the Ten of Pentacles. And if you are listening on the audio only, you can see in this card, there is an old man who is surrounded by f- what could be his family with his pets. He's sitting in a chair, maybe contemplating uh, his wealth. This card was called wealth uh, in, the, in the tradition um Or he perhaps he's reflecting on a life well lived this could be he's having a memory could be a memory of, of his life um, the way I've seen this car described is uh, this is almost a peak of physical attainment right and uh, Austin Kope describes this Deccan in his wonderful book 36 Faces as kind of being associated with um, both the de Decay, and the preservation against decay. So he calls this the sarcophagus, which is an interesting symbol for preserving something, but also uh, it's associated with death. Uh, So we may be feeling um, reflecting on the fruits of our labors as we move into the third decan of Virgo. We've been toiling away. We've been working very hard. and we, now we have to figure out, how did we do? What you know are we we're getting a progress report. We have to figure out what we truly value out of what we've been creating. Um, we're going to think about what legacy we're going to be leaving behind. Uh, what do we want to preserve, really, for for the winter? This is where the question really comes. In the beginning of summer, we've got all this stuff that we're doing I'm sorry, the beginning of the end of summer. We've got all this material that we're working with. If we're talking about like it from a farming metaphor, we've got this huge harvest and we're overwhelmed by it. And we're trying to figure out what stays and what goes. And by this decan, we've gotten rid of a lot of the crap and we're, we're starting to take stock of what we really have. Uh, we've gotten things out of the field we're starting to organize them into uh, storage um, categories, perhaps. Um, we're putting them in their, their proper place. And we may be able to begin to en- enjoy some of the fruits of our, our labors. We don't want to get too out of hand with that because we want to m- make sure that we're preserving something for the, the cold winter nights ahead. Um, but some interesting things to think about with this third deck in a Virgo. Uh, I I have uh, Saturn and and Mars in this particular decade. And one of the things that um, this book likes to say about those particular positions, especially Saturn, is preserving things from the ravages of time, but also on the flip side, hastening their decay. So there's this quality of like being able to destroy something, maybe that needs to be destroyed or gotten rid of, and an ability to preserve something. And I would say that the way that that's manifested in my life is uh, an attraction to old things. Um, I enjoy, my taste tends to be uh, timeless, I guess. I don't know. Not, Not for everything. I have some quirks where I like some kitschy weird things <laughs> like 80s synth pop <laughs> but uh some of it's good some of it's just complete nostalgia um but like for example if i if i'm going to buy something um i don't necessarily rush out right away and get the newest thing uh i like to and this is um, just for context both of these planets are in my second house of resources and possessions so i really like stuff that has stood this, the test of time um, I, I like old things. Um, I also will wear a pair of shoes until they're falling off my feet if I love them and I'll do anything in my power to preserve them, right? Uh, like take them to the cobbler and get the heel replaced or something like that. This is also manifesting with an attraction to traditional astrology. Like, um, this is another way this could play out is, um, you know, being able to see the value in some of these older systems of astrology and by doing videos like this and studying and teaching these concepts, helping to preserve it by spreading it throughout the community. Um, And I think that's the role that I I, I take on and I like to, um, that I feel very um, passionate about um, because there are some things that we have lost over time and that that have been recently discovered that are worth uh, re-examining. Uh, so that, that's, that's something to consider with this third decan of Virgo. Uh, we may be feeling a little bit tired, <laughs> too, I think. With the sun moving into this decan, uh, this, this man is not like moving around and doing a bunch of, of crazy calisthenics. He's like chilling out. And maybe his body has is, is a- attained everything it needs to. Maybe he's starting to fatigue a little bit and getting ready for his transition. To death. I think that's the other thing with this card and this deck. In is you can't take it with you. Okay, uh, that's something to really keep in mind. Is all of your material attachments and attainments are fine and have their purpose, but you're not going to be taking them with you onto the next incarnation. They're going to be left behind, and you're determining are those things going to be useful for those future generations, not necessarily for yourself but for the future. So what are you gonna leave behind this cycle? What are you creating that will have value not just for yourself, but for the people and in, in people in the community that you care about, okay? Third deck of Virgo, 10 of Pentacles. Okay, let's share our screen one more time. As we are moving through Friday, we're going to see the moon making a sextile to Saturn. Uh, which will be reinforcing those themes of age, of preservation, perhaps. Now, with, with the moon in Pisces, though, this is a dissolving quality, so this may be the kind of the energy that is uh, helping to release our attachment to physical form and, you know, maybe... Loosening the bond to the 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 form itself, Saturn is, has some associations with with death and with breaking things down. So perhaps uh, our mutable moon is helping us to make some adjustments um, with this sextile that we have here at the beginning of the day around ten a.m. As we move forward in the day, at about eleven a.m. here we're going to see a conjunction between Mercury and Venus at 28 degrees of Virgo. And I have a particular interest in this placement because that's where my natal Mars is, is 28 degrees Virgo. So I'll give you a progress report of how that will actually manifest um, within when it hits someone's point in their chart. Uh, Mars is my time lord for the year too. So I'm excited to see what happens on Friday the 13th, I'm sure that there will be something very active going on in my particular life. But there will be something going on for all of you. It may not be as intensely focused as it may be in my chart because it may not be hitting a particular planet, but it will be manifesting in a certain area of your life, the Virgo uh, area of your life. And this may be something that will help you come into an agreement, a compromise. The, the blending of Mercury and Venus uh, can help you to harmonize your thoughts, uh, it can also bring on a little bit of fickleness or or vanity in our thinking. Um, we may be able to communicate a little bit better with some flattery or elegance now in Virgo not the best not the best sign for Venus, so flattery <laughs> what i 've noticed with Venus and Virgo in my own life. Um, we don't have time to beat around the bush and to like have social niceties. That's going to improve as Venus moves into Libra. But it's kind of like uh, this Venus is kind of like, get the hell out of my way. I have stuff to do. I don't have time to like coddle your, your ego. I got crap to do. So it's very like cut to the chase type of thing. And that, that actually may be exacerbated by this um, Mercury conjoining Venus um, here, so we may be communicating some of those ideas now. Mercury is still very strong in this position, uh, so that's helping. Um, but we may also have a uh, uh, this is our communication style may be a little bit curt, I guess, with this conjunction. I think we may be like, hey, I've got to get this done. I don't have time to like, you know, go through all the protocols. Uh, let's just get to the business that we need to get to, so we can manifest this project. So be careful of that. It it may be supportive, um, but it also could make you very like quick. Um, I don't know, sharp tongued. I guess would be another way to think about it. So that is Friday. As we move into the afternoon on Friday, the moon is going to be making a square from Pisces to. Uh, Jupiter and Sagittarius at about 2.35 p.m. And then in the later afternoon, we are going to see a trine between
1: the sun and Pluto. See that there? At 20 degrees.
0: Okay, so a positive connection between the sun and the Lord of the underworld. Oh, So this is an intense aspect, right? This is one that's the sun is associated with authority, with commanding, with vitality, um, with our leadership capabilities, with our, our, our sense of identity and our purpose. Um, we may feel an intensity of purpose that is exacerbated when it makes contact with Pluto. Pluto is kind of that like nuclear quality. Uh, pluto was the lord of the underworld it was intensifying things it wants to transform things there's power issues associated with pluto it's very um, you know it's the nuclear bomb energy it's the uh, the the volcanic energy bubbling up from the deep so we may feel a little bit of a ruthless drive to express who and what we are when that connection is made um, or we may have this very strong urge to kind of let go of the old stuff and really create a rebirth within that area of our life. Um, there is a connection between authority and power. Um, be careful not to, to overdo um, your authority principle. Don't, don't get too like ruthless in the way that you lead. That's a possibility, even with a trine here. The other th- cool thing that might be happening is you may be able to bring light to the underworld. So maybe there's a fissure or a crack in the in the ground and the sun is able to shine some light into that underworld and you're able to see into the depths uh, for a short period of time and really figure out what's ha- operating underneath the surface. That can be very valuable because sometimes when we bring light to the darkness, we can burn away some of that fear that we may be having and just kind of move forward. That's one of the things that can help us transform: is when we stop living in fear and really start getting in touch with. Uh, why we're feeling the way we're feeling so we can make a change so that may be something that's supported on in friday afternoon as well um as we move forward through the afternoon there's also going to be an opposition between the moon and mars happening pretty much at the same time or so okay so the moon's making its turn opposing all this virgo stuff uh so again the themes of the detail the devil's in the details right and the uh, sometimes figuring out how it fits within the grand picture the dissolving versus separating the blending versus the categorization conflict that we're working through Um, the moon is also going to be conjoining um, Neptune retrograde Neptune that afternoon as well so we may feel a little bit of a I don't know a restlessness, we may feel a little uh, tiredness, fatigue um, that happens. We may get a little bit lost in uh, confusion, maybe a fog that we experience when the moon is conjoining Neptune. That's a, those are all common feelings that come up. Um, and then towards the end of the evening, the moon's going to make a sextile to Pluto. So maybe we'll come out of the fog and, and really, really in, incorporate. And integrate the lessons we've learned from this Sun-Pluto trine that we're experiencing over Friday. Okay. In the wee morning hours of Saturday the 14th, the moon will become full.
1: Okay. So let's clear our screen. And go forward. Around midnight,
0: a little after midnight, the moon is going to be making its opposition
1: at about 12, oh, what's going on here? Wrong day. There we go. The moon is making its opposition to the sun. Let me go back. That's PM. We want 12 a.m. Okay, there we go. See that? There is the moon at 21 degrees opposing. 21 degrees
0: Virgo. Moon at 21 Pisces. Opposing 21 Virgo. Okay. And that that sun is in that that third decan of Virgo. The moon is in the third decade of Pisces. Uh, the tarot card associated with the third deck of Pisces was like the 10 of uh, cups, which shows two figures with their hands uh, up towards the sky with a rainbow. It's a very idealized picture. Excuse me. And um, this may be the conflict between the, the grand vision and, and really what you've been able to achieve tangibly. You're getting, like, it's, it's a feedback progress report. Um, we may be seeing the, the peak of that energetic cycle. And the frustration may come with what you've been able to achieve and what you've been able to attain versus uh, what, <laughs> what you hoped for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's okay. That, sometimes, we don't, sometimes we fall short of the glory. And that is one thing that we're going to really have to um, you know, come to terms with sometimes is... Is we don't need to completely sacrifice ourselves for the material attainment. That's one of the dangers of the last decade of Pisces is sacrificing everything for, uh, and becoming a martyr. So don't wouldn't martyr yourself for the project that you're doing, but that is a, a possibility as we move through this, this aspect. So be aware that you may be, um, you know, acting not necessarily within your best interest if you're overdoing it on the idealization of of whatever project that you've been working on. Um, This is good advice for, you know, as I said, I give myself advice in these videos and as I've been working through my class and things like that, like all the details, lots of details, some of them got to go. Some of them have to be simplified, uh, especially when you're working with a gigantic system like astrology uh, and trying to incorporate that into an already very complicated system like a role-playing game. So that's been something I've been struggling with lately is how do you fit all the the two systems together and and the details together, but still maintain the integrity of the vision. And really the integrity of the vision of my class is for people to learn astrology uh, and for them to have fun while they're doing it without getting overwhelmed by uh, the complexity of not only the traditional astrology system or the Hellenistic or the medieval systems that are, we're, we're using, uh, but also the complexity of like a role-playing game like Dungeons and Dragons, which in and of itself is a, comp- is a huge complex system. Uh, so it's kind of like, well, we're using this to try to simplify one of those systems. So you don't want to overdo it with two, two systems that are already very complex. And uh, what I've found is that I've had to release my attachment to um, a lot of the different details and just really kind of get down to a core experience. And, and that's something I would suggest for all of you in this new moon too, or I'm sorry, full moon, is release your attachment to perfect and idealization and figure out what is going to move forward, the essence of your project. This is where you get back in touch with a grander vision and release the attachment to all the different ideas that are coming up and just say, this is time to get down to business. This is when I have to get this done. You know, I've got a deadline. Uh, I, I'm going to sacrifice perfect for good enough at this point. Okay. So that's really, I think, the energy of this full moon. Okay. Uh, what else are we experiencing? Okay,
1: on Saturday, we are also starting to experience, as we move forward through the day, ingresses of both Mercury and
0: Venus into Libra. do 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 Mercury goes first and uh, Mercury is going to lose some dignity, but also gain a little bit of triplicity dignity by the daytime. It adds an air element to our our chart here. We've had a a decided lack of air uh, in our elemental mashup that we've been going on here. A little bit of a lack of uh, an ability to intellectualize some of the things that we've been working through. Uh, we've lacked a social aspect of these things too. And uh, we're going to be adding in a, a heavy dose of that, a heavy dose of like an ability to, to work with other people, um, to bounce ideas off of the other with this Libra quality and to be able to maybe hover above whatever we're doing and see things from a little bit more of a rational perspective. This is going to add an element of rationality to our, to our chart um, it, we're going to be more concerned with justice, balance, truth. Um, the card that was associated with the first deck of Libra was the Two of Swords. You can see this here. This was called peace restored, or just peace. And that figure, it has her hands crossed with two swords. The moon is in the background, and she seems to be on the threshold of the um, the land and the sea. And potentially, she's a guardian to the underworld. And we can see that this was associated with Mott, Mat M A T, who was judging our heart against the weight of a feather. So whatever we've accumulated, okay, and then this is something that that I've been learning through 36 Faces. Want to give credit where credit is due, where we're where we're judging our um, ability to all the things that we've accumulated in this lifetime, and we're seeing whether they are, have fit into our soul's journey and purpose. And we can think of this metaphorically as all the work that we've been doing over the course of the end of the summer, how is this fitting into the, the grander picture? And, and are we finding the, uh, is it bringing us peace or did it bring us anxiety? Um, is, it, um, is it working within the grander schemes of our life? And we're going to be able to weigh those things out as we move through this Libra first decan. Um, our thoughts may be, we maybe have add some gracefulness to our communication too. Uh, we may be a little bit less brusque. We may be a little bit less. Oh, I just need to get this done. Get out of my way. Maybe our social grace may improve with this, with these two ingresses, especially with Libra uh, Venus, because Venus is in her own domicile. She's able to to tap into that gracefulness to that. Uh, ability to let things come to her and see someone else's perspective. That's that's really she's she's less with her face ag- up against the, the the book, and she's able to see her vision is expanded into a quality where other people uh, are being taken into account. So that's something that we are are going to be experiencing, and we may see this uh, this quality happening in our in our news too. We may see a, a, an attachment more to the social justices. Now, the challenge is, is that we're going to see a square with all these planets by whole sign um, with Saturn, Pluto, and the south node. So we may be really starting to fixate on maybe some of the injustices that are happening out in society within our power structures. So keep an eye out for that within your own life and within the, um, the greater societal picture. Uh, The moon is going to be making an opposition with uh, Venus that day in the evening and then also with Mercury. So there may be some, this is a beginning of a T-square that we're going through um, with the moon moving into Aries. But this is a cardinal T-square now, which is very different than a mutable T-square. The mutable T-square is like too many options, uh, having to make all these adjustments. The cardinal T-square is more about everyone wants to take an action and do something, but everyone's got that kind of their own agenda. So keep an eye out for some conflicts with that. As we move into Sunday, the only aspect we have is the moon square, a retrograde Saturn. Um, And we'll talk about that more as we move into next week. All right. That's what I got. Uh, Remember to like this video. Uh, That helps to the algorithm for people to find it. Remember to share it with your friends and to uh, subscribe. And if you want to leave a tip, if you like these videos, that's much
1: appreciated. And I will see you all next week. Take care.